This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com. Or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala smart oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com.
Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm joined tonight by Colin Watt for an impromptu six o'clock Friday night live show. Colin, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, wasn't expecting this. We were setting up for the state of Scottish football to preview the Scottish Cup fixtures this weekend and then, as always, Scott Fail lets us down. So um, good luck to Dave on his way home, who is going to be joining us this evening. But... Why, why talk about all eight games when we can just talk about the one that's the most important one, Paul? Well, I was thinking you were on on Wednesday on your usual slot, Colin, so you've not had an opportunity actually to react to the Aberdeen game, so we'll do a bit of that. And we'll look ahead to the Wraith Rovers um, match on Sunday as well, and basically where we are uh, overall. But, I mean, let's start off with the Aberdeen game then, because you never really, you spoke about it prior to the game. You've not had an opportunity to get stuck into that um, analysis. Uh, what was your view overall about that? I, I was listening with interest to Tony and, and Laura today and, and Alan, and Tony basically said, we go to Petorje, we get the three points, we come down the road, all is good. To be honest with you, I'm quite happy with that, personally. We can strip away the, the performance, as we always do on the show anyway, Colin, and yep. we've done a few times already. But what was your take on it? I mean... Were you at any point uh, concerned? Did you think we weren't going to pull it back when it was two each to get the win? I mean, concerned is... Um, do you know what? The worst bit is not being there. Um, I was unfortunate not to make it, but my pal was there. So I knew what was happening ahead of time. It goes back to why we stopped... Who, who's your pal, oh. JP? No, no, well, there's, I had a plenty... I was going to say plenty. I had a, a good few Celtic pals there. Um, including quite a few of the, the people on the team here um, at Celtic State of Mind, although don't let other people hear that because podcasters, we're not meant to go to the games, you know, we sit in our dark dwellings and just give our own opinions. Um, no, it was uh, it was finding out ahead of time what was happening before mm. you go to see it. I was watching on Red TV, I don't know what you guys were watching on. Um, yeah, we were also watching it on the legal stream, Colin. Oh, the legal one, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah, we'll talk more about that later on. Uh, but being like a minute behind, some my pal Michael was texting me, and he's like, two one, two each. And at that point, it felt as if it was like a, like a Celtic away day in Europe. Mm. We concede one, and then our backside collapses, and within a couple of minutes, we're either equal or we're behind. And the way it was going, that's the way it sort of felt for a period. Celtic then got themselves back into it. It was good to see the, the sort of instant quick reaction from Jota um, and the horror about his goal was just it's fantasival I mean it's it's ridiculous the way that they keep going on about it it seems as if the only way that Celtic can win is if there's a dodgy decision these days never mind the ones that go against other teams but hey ho um, we, I was on the, the boys from the Aberdeen uh, podcast that do State of Scottish Football the Red Tinted Glasses I was on with those boys earlier in the week and we sort of laid out how we thought the game was going to go and if we had a bet builder on we'd have took home some amount of money we predicted one goal in it we predicted a Lewis Ferguson goal we predicted um, Jota to tear apart Calvin Ramsey which he did we predicted that Celtic would concede from a set piece That it, it kind of went to plan but that wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to go after 45 minutes at 45 mm-hmm. minutes I was already thinking right let's get ahead to the next game get a couple of boys off get them rested but Celtic, they've just not been able to put a 90-minute performance in now for a number of months. And I, I get what the likes of Tony and that saying, get the points down the road, brilliant. It's all cup finals between now and the end of the season, but 
I would like to see he's been a bit more comfortable and not having to go into that sort of not panic mode as such, but a sort of like, right, we need to get something out of this despite being so far in front for the first 45 minutes. A couple of things you, you brought up there. The first one being the 90-minute performance, so we'll talk about that um, as well. I've got a, a theory around it, not so much a theory, but an observation around it. Um, but also the uh, flag behind me is using that um, overused term, Angeball, which we no longer use really, but this flag came to us from Australia. If anyone follows us on social media, you'll have seen the tweet earlier on today. So one of the most incredible things, Colin, and you've been involved with Axon for a long time, a number of years. You used to come to the studio over in the toll booth in in Stirling. Um, We did shows over there. Uh, Through the lockdown, it was big dial-ins without the visuals. Uh, Probably a good thing because you couldn't get your hair cut or anything, uh, or maybe a bad thing, depending on who you go to. But uh, we were speaking during that entire period um, about the growth of the channel, what we're going to do next, that whole planning, you know, what happens when we come out of this lockdown. So what what I find incredible doing a podcast that started off at a kitchen table with a couple of mics is how far and wide it can spread. Mm. So when you hear through a mutual friend, which is uh, Neely, Neely Mocking from uh, the Falkirk area, um, is that there's some someone in Australia who thinks this is a cracking show. And that just, I mean, I'm not just saying this, that blows me away, mate, when you hear that people from all over the globe are tuning in. And we've got a few followers on on Twitter who travel about, um, and there's people in Dubai and Amsterdam and further afield. So this particular flag was obviously uh, made up. Uh, the Ange ball's been added, the Axon logo's been added. And I thought it was only right just to fire it up there this evening. This is an impromptu show. Someone is asking, where's Big Dave? Well, Dave couldn't make the other show, Sean, so he's pushed us into the Axom studio. I was here anyway, I says to Colin, well, why don't we just do a wee Friday night show? Um, No one knows it's happening, so it might be viewed by accident. Let's have a wee preview, a weekend preview. And uh, going back to your point, note about this here, this Ange Ball thing that we Mm -hmm. don't really use anymore, I was looking quite a bit today, in actual fact, around Angie's philosophy. And I know that when he comes in um, as someone who I think that unless you had a particular knowledge like Jared and the boys on the Australian Celtic podcast or uh, of Australian football or a particular knowledge of Japanese football like Dan Horowitz, you might have been, I think, uh, like myself, a wee bit misinformed, ill-informed. You didn't have enough information on the Mm -hmm. individual. And obviously since he's come in, everybody's, who is involved in Axon's and every other Celtic platform, has done the research. You've watched the videos, you've watched the interviews, Colin. We've spoken to people um, and other pods have spoken to people who have worked with Ange. We've read the book and all this kind of stuff. But we've also spoken to him at the press conferences. And from his very early, earliest musings since coming to Celtic, he's spoken about this philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was named Ange Ball by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is that? What is what is Angie's philosophy? So eight months down the line, what what do you think Angie's footballing philosophy is? Do you know what? It's um it's plan A and it's sticking to plan A. And when you talk about it, it's that almost sounds as if he's a bit naive, but he believes so much in the way that his plan works that he doesn't change it depending on who Celtic's playing. And we saw that we've got some scalpings for that this season in Europe, but we've also put in some particularly impressive performances where a lot of people had already written us off before Mm -hmm. the game had even kicked off. So that is a testament to 
the, the sort of style. And he always goes on about putting out a team that his dad would have enjoyed watching because mm. that's what he grew up with. Just getting up early in the morning to watch Italian football or to watch French football or even football from um, England and just being able to enjoy watching the game of football. And I think as much of us wants to win everything that we put ourselves into, we also want to do it in that sort of style, that Celtic way that people have been talking about for, for years and years, as Ridiculizer comes in to say as well. When you look at it, there's there's performances that have been particularly impressive this season. You go back to the start of the season, winning 6-0 um, against um, St Mirren and Dundee. Um, even the, the performance at Easter Road, that first 45 minutes, blowing them away 3-0 before um, half-time. It was outstanding. Um, the performance at Tynecastle, there's been so many that we could speak about. And then there's other performances that we just either couldn't quite get over the line or we've just got over the line. And you, you think back to the Livingston game where we missed the penalty in the last minute or the Dundee United game where the goal actually goes in in the last minute. Every single time that we've, we've been there, it's not as if we've sat and said, this is boring football. Whether it be such a close game of football, whether it be such an open game of football, we've never once said we've went to a game and went, I'm bored. That's the difference. The amount of times that we tried to watch, and obviously I know it's more difficult last season because we were stuck at home, we were on this platform, we were on, uh, we were in different, well, where, where you could, you were able to have six people in six households and all that nonsense. But it just wasn't the same. The amount of times last year I was just sitting on my phone, flicking through Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and keeping one eye on the game because you, you kind of knew after 60 minutes Celtic had chucked it, they weren't going to try and attack. If they didn't get a goal in the first 20 minutes, it was going to be just another slog of a game. And part of that might be the fact that fans weren't on the ground. Mm-hmm. was signs of that even under Neil Lennon's first couple of seasons as well, where some of the games were a very hard watch. This season, I can't think of many, if any, that I've said coming away from, oh, do you know what? I don't fancy another 90 minutes of that again. No, you're right. Now, I think this is interesting because... <laughs> Callum McGregor a couple of times suggested that there was no game plan last season, Colin. And this isn't an opportunity for us to um, no, no. go on about Lenny and, and what happened last season. But we are comparing where we were and where we are now, of course. Yeah. And I think there is a definite philosophy, there's a definite game plan. Like you say, Ridiculizer comes in. Ridiculizer loves the all-out attacking philosophy regardless of the opponent venue or competition because that is the Celtic way. I think um, you've got the Celtic way, you've got the Liverpool way and often I wonder what is that? Well, with Celtic I think it's that famous Jockstein quote you know, where you're playing your, your when you've won the European Cup against the Catanaccio which is the ultra defensive um, Inter Milan side and you've done it playing free-flowing, rip-roaring never boring uh, football, as Tony Haggerty would say, and copyright. that for me, that copyright, that that's always been the what we think is the Celtic way, but there's got to be substance as well over over that over style, and we've spoken about some teams and the, the famous Tommy Burns team, which I loved, um, where they only won one trophy 
So mm-hmm. it's about marrying the both because you've got to have success as well as the style. Um, and a few people are coming in. They're a bit puzzled as to why we're on at this time of night. I've just woke up. Imagine how confused I am to see Axom at 6pm. Well, I hope you enjoy it. In any case, it was a wee bit surprising to Colin as well. So he had to get his Celtic jersey on and get stuck in. Greg, we will make sure any merch that's been purchased over the last week or two um, we'll be with you before Valentine's Day because obviously you're buying it for somebody else as a gift <laughs> and you will have it tomorrow. Uh, if not, give me a wee shout. Uh, but yeah, there's also some concerns coming in in and around where we are with the contract, Ange, and I wanted to talk a wee bit about that as well. So what is the philosophy, Ange Postacoglu? Well, he was asked the question because as soon as he comes into Celtic, people are on Amazon calling trying to buy his book, this, this book, and he talks about Obviously, his background, he talks about the fact that he was a Greek immigrant coming to, to Australia. Um, and a lot of Celtic fans can relate to that with our Irish heritage and the Irish diaspora that, that came over in um, 1840s onwards. Um, you know, the, the potato famine playing a massive part in that with uh, the amount of displaced uh, immigrants coming out of Ireland and coming to Scotland and going to America, etc., and other places in the UK. And I think that there's that connection and, and that understanding. Um, so when I start hearing Ange talking about that, you, you ask yourself, well, you know, is, is this man um, the perfect the perfect candidate for a job? Because he gets it. Now, we're saying all this for hindsight. There was a lot mm-hmm. of un, unsure Celtic fans when Ange Postacoglu was given the job. And I think uh, my exact comment was it's a £60 million gamble. That's what I said at the time. Uh, never wrote him off because I wasn't educated enough in Ange Postacoglu um, and his football career to write him off. But I think that at the time, the way the club were conducting themselves, Colin, around about the um, appointment of the manager, that was what was the biggest concern at that time, wasn't it? It wasn't so far as, and this isn't me backtracking, this isn't the meme of Homer going back into the hedge here. This is me actually saying I think it was an issue we had with the club and the way they, they went about their business, rather than a specific attack on Ange Postacoglu and his capabilities. What you mentioned earlier on about Carl McGregor saying there was no game plan last season, that the boys just went out and tried to win the game the way that they knew, not the way that they were coached and not the way that they were sort of trained to do so. We could see that as a fan base last year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as if it was just something that the players could pick up on. We saw that. So when it came to the point of we're talking about getting a new manager and getting a brand new philosophy because this was a new chapter in Celtic's history. The 10 in a row didn't happen. It, it, it left, it gone. That that story's over. You've turned the page onto this new chapter and it was important that when we started this new chapter that we got straight into it and we hit the ground running. And it did feel as if for weeks and weeks, and obviously we went down the Eddie Howe route, and to be honest, I I put my full backing behind Eddie Howe because I still do think he's a very good coach. I don't think he's had a great time of it at Newcastle, but I do think he's a good coach. I think he would have done well at Celtic, but the best thing that he's done for Celtic was actually turn down the job Mm -hmm. because we've managed to find a manager who, as you see, almost comes part and parcel within what the Celtic philosophy is. He's someone who has no Celtic connections beforehand, but is almost part of the Celtic diaspora. It's it, Everything that he is was Celtic, mm-hmm. and it just needed the marrying of the two together to understand how perfect the fit was. And since he's came in, he's never 
stripped from any sort of responsibility. He's he's held himself very well with the press. He has been the representative of the club that the fans needed. Last year we were asking where was the board, where were um, people coming out and backing the Celtic support. And just done that at every single opportunity this season. Mm-hmm. And you hear it from the players as well. After the game against Rangers the other week, the first thing that was said was, what an atmosphere. And that was before the guys wouldn't even broke down the game. They were asked about the performances and the first thing they did was thank the fans. Now, I know certain uh, fans don't appreciate the fact that after every game this season, there's almost been this sort of lap of honour, um, to mm-hmm. use that many air quotes. It's not a lap of honour. It's an appreciation for the fans that have travelled all over Scotland to support their team. And we spoke about it last year because the fans weren't in. The fans can be that 12th man. The fans can urge that ball in the net against Dundee United. The fans can get right behind you and drive the team on. And the the players appreciate that. Ange appreciates that. And he, he did say something earlier on in the season. And it, it, was, it was at one of the press conferences where he says, I don't deserve the love and appreciation that's been shown to me by the Celtic support so far. I've done nothing, I've won nothing to prove it. Well, he's now won the League Cup. Mm-hmm. He's turned the team in the form around from earlier on in the season where we all agreed he needed a bit of time to bed the team in. And if he's to go on and win another, um, uh, the Cup, the League, whatever it is that he ends up with this season, he will definitely be the manager to lead us next year into whatever competition we're in and with whatever silverware we have behind us, because he is the guy that Celtic fans have totally bought into, no matter how this season finishes. And that is a massive, massive turnaround from where we were at this point last year. Yeah, we spoke last year, all year, about a disconnect, Colin. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And a, a massive part of that was we weren't at the games. I totally get that. But there seemed to be a disconnect between the fans and the manager of the football team and the fans and the board. There was a complete disconnect there. And I think what Ange has brought in is an understanding of what it means to support Celtic, what it means to play for Celtic, represent Celtic. Mm-hmm. And I go back to it. I go back to it. But he was asked a brilliant question in one of the early press conferences by a, a fan media representative, and I apologise because I can't remember who asked the question, but they had obviously done the research and read his book, and he was speaking about how um, his family obviously had fled Greece and gone to Australia. So to understand the makeup of the team 
that he joined when he was in Australia, uh, South Mel- uh, Melbourne. And the fact that that was very much, in terms of the fan base, there was a huge amount of the, the Greek diaspora as part of the fan base at that football club. So you can imagine that there's these people coming over on, on the boat, and it's a bigger journey, obviously, from Greece to Australia than it is from Ireland to Scotland. So it was mm-hmm. a long time uh, in terms of the travel with no real idea of what was going to be um, happening once you got there. And then there's a football club that draws the, the Greek immigrants together. So it was almost a community at the weekend to go and watch this football club. Lo and behold, you start looking at some of the players that they were bringing in, and they were Greek, um, Australian players. And, and obviously part of that, the makeup of that was Ange Postacoglu. He went on to captain the club. Um, so I think the, the deep-rooted understanding of what Celtic means to guys like you and me and what Celtic means to a huge amount of people, the Irish diaspora included, all around the world, I think that's important. And if you bring in someone who might be a checkbook manager or, or a high-profile manager from elsewhere, it's unlikely they're going to get that. And Now, I'm not saying it's a prerequisite that you need to have that to be the Celtic manager, Colin. But after the disconnect last season, I think it was extremely important to bring somebody in who was able to connect with the fans and knew what turned us on and what, what pushed our buttons because that's exactly what he's done since he's come in. But he's done it in an understated way. It's not as though he's looked for an opportunity in a press conference, Colin, to bring all, all this up. He's only done it when pressed by fan media or or the mainstream media in relation to his own background. And I think that connection um, is what we lost last year. And I think that is a massive part of the success and the feel-good factor and the momentum that we seem to have of fans. Is it more enjoyable to be coming on the Axon this season than it was last, Colin? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, that's easy enough to say when you're winning games. Um, but there was even sometimes last season where it was good to come on when you just needed to get that off your chest because... A massive part of last season was that there was no chance for you to go to the pub. There was no supporters clubs. There was no um, travelling to the games where everybody likes likes to get their frustration out and everybody likes to have their say. There was none of that last year. And I think everybody who is joining us this evening in the comments section, obviously a warm welcome, um, they, they all enjoyed that fact. And there's people that have made friendships in the, the comments section that never knew each other 12 months, 18 months ago because... Mm-hmm. They, they needed an outlet to go and speak to what was happening on the park because for a lot of people, it goes life, work and Celtic and sometimes not in that order. Some people have Celtic very, very at the top at number one and everything else is second nature. And look, I, I know a lot of people who suffered very badly with mental health during the lockdowns um, and there was a point where I saw someone a couple of weeks ago saying when they talked about potentially having no fans in the stadium again. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Apologies. That there should be looked into the, the idea of mental health support for fans who had not been in the stadium and the amount of people that mocked it. I, I, I know a, a, there's a, a woman that's in my Celtic supporters club in Greenock who... She doesn't have a husband, she doesn't have kids. She has family that she sees very um, few. Well, she sees she sees them more often now. But her life was going to work and then going to watch Celtic. And when that makes up such a big part of your life and that's taken away from you, the, the impact that that has on you is, is horrendous. Mm-hmm. So 
now seeing her happy at the fact that she's going to all these games, I just I, I don't think everybody fully appreciates what happened last year. And it'll be something that we all look back on in maybe five, ten years' time and maybe only then start to fully understand what happened. Yeah. So now that we're back at the games, as you say, Ange Postacoglu comes along, he brings this feel-good factor along. It's It was so easy to get carried away at first, but now you're seeing the materialism put down in front of you. Now you're seeing the fans that last year were saying, I, I, I don't have any connection to this club. They're starting to build it again. They're starting to come back in their droves. I'm not saying they would ever have left the club, but they were always felt distant because the club had no connection to them. Now it's starting to piece itself back together. And a lot of that is down to Ange Postecoglou. And a lot of that, as you look at the squad, bringing guys in from Israel, bringing guys in who were on their last chance at Spurs, bringing guys in who were out of the blue at other clubs, He's given everybody a fresh chance. He's given everybody as much opportunity as possible. And this is the right start to the new chapter in Celtic's history. Yeah, no, you're right. And it is, a lot of this is, obviously, with the benefit of hindsight. You react to the moment. You react to the disappointment of Celtic um, going down a process and for that process to fall down at, you know, the last hurdle after the disappointment of the previous season. And there's a huge amount of disappointment at that time. And I think it would have been easy to to pull out a name, you know, a profile name at that point, Colin. The panic would have been <coughs> pull out a high profile name, get them in, and that that's the way to go. But you know what? I don't know who within Celtic came up, who, who was the first person that came up with the idea of Ange Postecoglou. But I would like to know. At some point, I'm sure that will come out in time, you know, the circumstances behind it. But I'd love to know how someone was able to identify this individual who had a similar background in terms of the immigration uh, of, of him and his people to a different land, and he's spoken about it passionately, who had a philosophy that, that matched the Celtic way, uh, you know, which may become or has already become a cliche, but we know what that is, the romantic notion that we play entertaining football. Um, no matter who we play, as, as the previous commenter said, ridiculizer, we can go into a European game, Colin, against a very good better side and, and play the same way that we do, we do when we play Motherwell at home or away. And uh, as you say, some people might think that's naive, but if you get everybody up to that point where they understand the game plan and the quality improves, which it has undoubtedly done this season, then why not play your game and let them concern themselves with uh, Celtic's master plan and game plan. Now, the holy goalie comes in, and I think this is a very important point. There he is with the avatar of uh, the big man. When do you think the club should be looking to tie Ange down on a longer-term contract? If you want to try and keep some of these players, then keeping the gaffer will give us the best chance. Now, there's no doubt, Colin, that uh, a few of those players are there primarily because of Ange Postacoglu. Mm -hmm. I mean, the obvious four would be the Japanese players that he either worked with or had a knowledge of in the Japanese league. So you're looking at this clutch of players that we brought in who are all looking a bit special. You're looking at a couple of the guys that Ange is reinvigorated and you're looking at Ange himself and what he can achieve at Celtic with his ambitions. And at the moment, unless anyone in the comments field wants to tell me different, I believe Ange is on a, a one-year rolling contract yeah. as previous managers have been. It's, it's a normal thing at Celtic um, over the last few managers. Um, what's your thoughts on that? What's your thoughts on tying Ange down um, so that it gives him 
maybe more of a, an indication of our belief in him on a more kind of medium term rather than a short term? I, I think Ange is the man that would resolve that. I think if Ange wants a four-year deal, he'll get a four-year deal. If he wants a five-year deal, he'll get a five-year deal. I think he might be quite comfortable with the 12-month rolling contract as it is um, because as horrible as it is to say, there will be a time when Ange Postacoglu is not the, the Celtic manager and that could be down to his own aspirations or it could be down to things not going the way it should have went. There's only really two ways that you leave the Celtic post. It's either that a big team down south, now I say a big team, nobody's really bigger than Celtic, are they? Let's be honest, but a, a, a more financially successful team down south or abroad come in with a, a package, which is probably one that the club can't turn down. It's what happens to the players. It's what happens to, to managers as well. And they, they move on to pastures new. And most of the time, they move on with our blessing. Other times, it's because of the lack of success on the park. Mm-hmm. And to me, the, there is only kind of two ways this is going to go. Unless, and again, maybe it's because it's the way that I've been brought up. Because all I've seen is from the sort of, I'd say, Dr. Joe era, Wim Jansen era onwards, where we've changed managers quite frequently. Yeah. Um, that just seems to be the way it went. You, you go back probably over time, the likes of Jock Steen and Willie Maley and, and pl- guys like that who could manage for 13, 14 years at a time. And their, their job was never in doubt because that's the way it was back then. But in modern football, you just don't get that. So you're not going to see a Sir Alex Ferguson dynasty. You're not going to see someone um, like Postacoglu last as long as Arsene Wenger does. A manager's shelf life is usually between probably three and four years. And I I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens at Celtic. But for that to be the case and Celtic want him to sort of tie himself down, it it does make sense to give him a sort of four or five year deal. Because when if someone comes knocking at the door, then you've got the sort of backing behind that as well. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult situation for clubs to find themselves in. You could find yourself in a situation where in 12 months' time, everything goes to pot and you've still got three or four years of a contract to pay off. It's understandable to see why a 12-month contract suits both teams. I, I don't think it's as insecure having 12 months on a deal as what it is having three, four years on a deal because you've saw what Celtic managed to get for players that only had 12 months on a deal there in the summer. There's still big money in it. It mm. all comes down to whoever holds the contract at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I totally get that. I just think that um, we have obviously done the due diligence somewhere at Celtic um, to identify Ange Postacoglu as a candidate eight months ago. I would love to know who it was. Obviously, two former chief executives have tried to take some credit for that so far, Colin. We'll find out who it was in the fullness of time, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not getting completely uh, overwhelmed by the, the the fact that we're sitting top of the league because as Tommy Rodgick says, we've been top of the pile for a decade, mate. So I'm, I'm cool with that. However, I'm seeing a lot in Ange that I think matches what Celtic are all about, what the fan base are all about. And, you know, he's not a particularly old uh, manager. He's 56 years of age, Colin. And you think to yourself, you don't know what his aspirations are in terms of post-management. But 
we talk about there being a restructure of a football department and there perhaps being someone upstairs with a football brain, you know, a director of football or whatever the title may be. And you look at somebody like Ange with a philosophy and the mindset and you think, well, would you be happy with an up-and-coming gaffer working under his tutelage? And at this moment in time, you've got to say, yeah, you would. Uh, you absolutely would be happy with that. Um, Baza Boy 82, absolutely love that photo. Is that... Is that Strawberry Fields? Uh, I don't know. Let us know, Baza Boy. Good evening, lads. Loving the new flag in the background. So do we, Baza Boy. We love it as well. Um, all the way from Australia. Hey, by the way, if anyone wants to send us nice Celtic stuff, feel free to do it. We've got a brilliant T-shirt through the post last week from one of the the uh, up-and-coming artists that came in to do a session calling, PG Kialetta. Uh Good Celtic man as well. And uh, if you want to send stuff into the studio... I'm all for that, absolutely. We've got a message coming in from Facebook. Factual content is paramount. Axom always delivers. Yes, I think everybody should remember uh, that there is a difference between perception and facts, and there is also a difference between what people say on social media, Colin, about certain people and certain platforms and what is actually true. So keep a wee open mind about there being two sides to every story. Ladies and gents. Now, Paddy Lavery, good evening, Paul and Colin. Do you boys not go out? Well, when there's a six o'clock show, who do you call? There's a, you know, it's like an Axom kind of bat phone. Colin, give me a hand. Let's get this show done. Scott, how well this is different. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, it I've is got, absolutely right. I've got to say, if, you, if, you, if you're not out by half six, it doesn't mean you're not out at all. Put it that way, the night's still young. Well, Colin, I don't know about you. You've got a kind of more thriving social life than I. I do tend to spend 95% of my time in the studio, uh, and that's just the way it is. Patrick Murphy, the thing about Ange is that he's so likeable and tells it like it is. That's refreshing. I loved Lennon, but he's always quick to pass the blame. Ange Postacoglu has been a breath of fresh air, and he's building a squad worth millions. Now, that's an interesting point as well. We're going to talk about the Aberdeen game, the form that Celtic are showing at the moment. And the fact that we're going into the Scottish Cup against Wraith Rovers. But when you look at some of the players, Colin, and the likes of Matt O'Reilly, uh, you know, and um, Rio Atati, and you look at their transfer fees, Joe Hart, you can throw Joe Hart into that mix as well. And you look at the transfer fees that we're paying for these players, it's, it's frightening. I mean, let's start off with Joe Hart. You've already mentioned them, and we're going to be talking about a proposed lineup for. Wraith Rovers, uh, and we'll dip back in and what happened against Aberdeen. But there, there you've got a man in Joe Hart. Um, how many fans, not just Celtic fans, how many football fans had a perception of Joe Hart as an individual? Oh, plenty. You know, Aye. plenty, plenty. And he's yeah. he's come he's come into this club, and I mean, I don't know if it's with age that you know he's mellowed out, or a lot of people had the wrong perception of him, but. He seems to get what this club is all about as well, Colin. Every time he gets interviewed, he speaks so highly Celtic Football Club, the standards, um, what he, he's here to achieve. A lot of these players who have made a lot of money um, down south, they see maybe Celtic is going out to grass, like a, an old racehorse that's passed its best. Mm-hmm. Joe, Hart, Joe Hart has not approached this in any way, shape or form like that, has he? No. And um, to be honest, Joe Hart's still young for a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. 34, 35, he could go and we take a look at McGregor across the city, he's only just turned 40, and arguably he's had some of his best seasons, maybe not this year, um, but over the last couple. Joe Hart doesn't get 70-odd caps for England just being a decent goalkeeper. You get 75 caps for England for being a very good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. You get 
the amount of appearances that he had in Europe for Man City by being a very good goalkeeper. But what he needed was someone to rebuild his love for football. You could see it when he went to Rome. He was okay. He struggled to settle in over there, which is understandable. You see the amount of um, kind of UK-based players going abroad and they don't find that connection that they had with the fan base that they had back at their old club. He went to Spurs, he was third-choice goalkeeper. Throwing a goalkeeper in out of the blue, you see what happens now and again. I'm always reminded of Mark Brown's performance up at um, the Tullock Stadium where we threw the, the league away that day when he was thrown in out of the, the blue. Um, the thing with Joe is Joe needed to find a club that was there for him and he was there for them. He could be that kind of hero that the, the club needed. And hero's probably a big term, but the amount of saves he's made this season and the amount of points he's probably won is right up until the point over the last maybe maybe not this week, but the week of four and um, before that as well, he could have probably got his deck chair out for 45 minutes for the first half of games. But he is someone who loves football and mm-hmm. you can see the relationships he's building with the team. I don't know if you saw the, the celebration between himself and Jota yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the, worst, the, worst, the worst part about it is the referee trying to spoil everything for everybody, you know? It's always the same. We started on referees, we'll be here for another hour. Um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He is showing that ability that, okay, he's not the, the vice-captain. Near Beton's a vice-captain. But if there was ever a point <clears throat> where the armband had to be passed on to Joe Hart, then I fully believe and I, I would fully back him to give the, the instructions throughout the team to organise the team as much as possible and to stand up for every single one of his players. I can see him doing a 30-40 yard run to try and pull a Idiguchi or a um, Matt O'Reilly off of somebody if they put a bad tackle in, just mm. to protect his own players. That's the kind of guy that we need. And if Beton's to move on, if McGregor's to get injured, he is captain material and he's only been here six, seven months. Yeah, and not one person would complain about it, Colin. No. You know, the captain's armband, it's one of these things that it's sacred uh, all football clubs you don't just throw it about Will and Elliot but however when a player comes in and he's been in the, the door seven months and you're quite happy that you know if Callum McGregor wasn't playing for him he'd be given the hand the, the handbag no the armband um, then you know you'd be quite happy that it shows the impact that he's made in such a short space of time 27 welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube if you are watching on YouTube get subscribing I can guarantee you we have got massive content coming over the next six months. Do you, you, you need to get the contacts in, mate? Is that you trying oh, to read a comment on the screen? I'm trying to look at the car there. You're having I, a look I, at the car? I thought it was a Mitsubishi Evo. I'm not 100%. I couldn't tell you. I'm not in the cars at all. Uh, 27, 
I can see, I'm sick of writing them off, you see. I can see Ange winning a treble in his first season. In his first season. Sorry, a quadruple. Uh, becoming the first manager to do so. How's the weather in Albania come May? We bit tongue-in-cheek, I know. But we were talking about this on Thursday. Uh, Brian joined JP and I. And we spoke about how there is this real determined focus in Ange, whereby he goes into every game believing he can win it. So he may have this ambition that come the 25th of May, he's going to be leading Celtic out to a European final. Now, that's Hollywood stuff. That that doesn't ha- that's fairy tale stuff. You know, particularly when you look at the state of the club when he came in and what he's had to do to get to this stage. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure what I will say about that, Colin, is I'm pretty sure Ange believes himself that he, he could win a European trophy with Celtic. Maybe not in the first season. Um that's something that has been off the table for several seasons, progress in Europe. And I've said a few times that every time I come into a new season as a Celtic supporter, I want Celtic to win the league. I don't expect anything, but I want Celtic to win the league. I want Celtic to win at least one domestic cup. And I want us to be in Europe after Christmas. That's always my expectations in terms of uh, my goals as a Celtic fan. And at the end of the season, uh, you look back on it and you, you ask yourself how well we've done. I mean, it, what, what about yourself coming into this season? Uh, Kevin Graham was talking about being within touching distance of the leaders by Christmas. And I just kept saying, no, we, we can't allow that to happen. We need to win the league. We need to win the league. What were your expectations at the beginning of this season? So my expectations were that Celtic would definitely close what became out of nowhere a massive gap. That 25 points last year. Um the, the rebuild that we needed at the start of the season was absolutely incredible. And you take a look at the team that played against Rangers the other week, mm-hmm. and only two of that starting eleven were actually there last season. That's how much of a rebuild that we've had to do in the, the last six months. I, I was content at finishing second at the start of the season as long as we were pushing for it. I understand that there's such a big prize on offer this year with the winners going straight into the Champions League group stages. I just wanted us to be far more prepared than what we usually are. And I wanted the the sort of rebuild to be, if not complete, in the final stages. Now we're, we're kind of looking at it with 12 games to go and you're thinking, you know what, there's a, a real serious possibility here that the rebuild isn't as far on as what we thought it was going to be, but the progress has been it's surpassed what anybody could imagine. And we just, the way that we have approached these games over the last sort of, I don't know, what has it been now, 14 without defeat, something along them lines, since the Livingston game, basically, mm-hmm. where we just treat every minute, every game as 90 minutes. And that's a really good approach to have. And I think with that approach, it means that you're not looking at it and you're saying, we're one point clear with 12 games to go. You're looking at it and you're going, if we win 12 games, we'll win the league. And I'd rather we looked at it like that than the way that we kind of look at the tables. And Anne just said that himself. He says, well, you get nothing for being top in October. You get nothing for being top in December. And even when we went top, you get nothing for being top in February. It all comes down to where we finished at the end of the season. If we take each game, game by game, and play the best that we can, all you have to do is win them. And it sounds so simple, but 
we say this when we're seven points behind, we say that when we were a couple of points behind and now I'm saying it when we're ahead. Treat each game as 90 minutes and try and win that 90 minutes regardless of who's in front of us. And that's the way I think Postacoglu's tried to play. This goes back to the style and the philosophy that we spoke about earlier. He has a plan A. He will play to plan A. And his way to improve that is to play plan A better. Mm-hmm. And it has worked so far. So or replace um, players within that plan with, be- <laughs> with better players. Yeah. So the plan works better. And I think yeah. that's the biggest part. You know, he's played he's played the same way since day one. But what he's done, Colin, is he's replaced the players that couldn't fit that, mm-hmm. that kind of model. Um, now, Feed the Bear, welcome to the show. Feed the Bear, what a tremendous avatar that is. Um, and what amazes me about that centenary season, Colin, is that Roy Aiken was about 27 or something in that image, and he looks like, you know, a wee bit older. Uh, Feed the Bear, Neil Lennon or Lenny. Uh, for all his faults that season, was no just to blame Kennedy, striking in the board, and the board took the cheap option. They knew about the 10 and will never be forgiven. Lenny, legend. There will come a point where, you know, and I think success obviously softens um, your kind of view of a lot of things, Colin, but there is going to come a point, of course there is, when... Neil Lennon will be welcomed back to Celtic Park. I, I'm not being um, naive to believe that. I mean, next year is the 20th, it's been 20 years since Seville next year. I'm pretty sure there will be loads of different celebrations, even though, yeah, it was a defeat. Um, and we're not meant to celebrate defeat. But when you look at the actual achievement and the run and the journey that we went on to get to Seville in 2003, there will be events and players will get together. Well, you can't do that without Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon will come back. He will be accepted back. It might take some time. He took a massive part of the the brunt of a lot of the Celtic fans' stick, uh, from Axom included. But I think we understand that there was a, a huge amount of people who were responsible for last season, Colin. He's not the only one to carry the sword, but he is the one who's fell on it. That's the way it kind of looks at it this year, because um, there was a lot of things that went wrong last year, and it's still quite raw to look back on it, um, especially with the success that we've had this year. So, I still, I'm still very angry at some of the things that Neil Lennon did last year, mm-hmm. and it will take a long time for some of his comments since to sort of die down, and maybe I'll look back on it. But for me, he was just the wrong person at the wrong time at Celtic Football Club. His time had come to an end and we kind of tried to get one more year out of it and we saw what happened when we didn't properly give it the right go um, and what happens happened. Speaking about 20 years since Seville, right, we want to bring up a story that um, Alan Thompson said when he was down in the Greenock CSC a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if he, he mentioned it on the, the great interview that you've done. You tell, you tell me you've not watched my interview. I've not seen all of it yet. Paul, you put out that much content and the guys that have got all this time to watch it, I'm jealous of them. I've got a flight coming up in a, a couple of days' time. I'll try and download some of it to watch on that. Good man. Uh, but he spoke about uh, Bobby Petter when he signed for, for Celtic. He, he was watching the 6-2 game because it was mm-hmm. just before signed for Celtic and he's watching Bobby Pett and Bobby Pett is running wild down the left hand side and he makes a was it Rickson goes off at half time because of how well Bobby Pett had played that game so he goes into the changing room and 
every time he goes in, Bobby Peter is wearing uh, Prada because he's made the big move up from Ipswich to Celtic. He's, he's, he's earning the money, he's wearing Prada all the time. So eventually his nickname in the Celtic team becomes Bobby Prada. And then they leave and they've not seen each other for about 10, 15 years. And both uh, Peta and Thompson meet up um, at this Celtic um, event down south. And Tomo goes, oh, Bobby, you're looking rough. What's happening? He's like, oh, you know, had a divorce, had uh, been paying the, the child maintenance and all that. I've just just can't quite afford it anymore. He's like, oh, don't worry, I'm the same. I've had the same as my new wife, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of looks him up and down. And he's like, oh, Bobby, you're not Bobby Prada anymore. And he goes like, no, I found a new shop. I'm Bobby Zara. He's head to toe in Zara clothes. So he's went from Bobby Prada to Bobby, Bobby Zara. Uh, they do nice leather, leather jackets in, in uh, Zara. So there you go. Know that, Paul. Yeah, well. Um, Scott Howe, welcome back to the show, Scott. I don't know how this guy ended up at Paradise, but it's probably the best thing to happen to Celtic since Martin O'Neill. Listen. When Brennan Rogers came in, we were all happy about that as well, weren't we? I mean, let's not deny it. We were all happy when Brennan Rogers came in. Um, the other night, the Aberdeen game calling, obviously I'm in the studio, and uh, Ewan Boy Martin, who is a regular commenter on, like you say, he's part of that community that's been built up over the period. So he was in uh, doing the game with me, and we were talking about Brennan Rogers coming in. And again, it's easy with hindsight to say this sign was there or that sign was there. And uh, there's a few things obviously happened with, with Brennan Rogers that you can look back on now and say, well, that was pretty clear. But one thing did I did notice on the day that he was unveiled, Colin, and I never wanted, how could you possibly say it when there's 13,000, 14,000 Celtic fans in the stadium? It's getting streamed on the Celtic TV. It's all over the socials and everything else. And we are unveiling Brennan Rogers. But when he came out to the park and he started doing that with his scarf, and I remember seeing him doing that thinking, we don't do that. No, Celtic fans don't do that with their scarves you know that's never really been a thing in my lifetime somebody might tell me uh, previous to me going to watch Celtic and I thought does he really know Celtic if he thinks that's the way that we anyway it was a tiny wee thing and I never mentioned it at the time obviously because everybody would have uh, called you all sorts but uh, Stuart Muller comes in are these Friday Night Lives new or am I just living under a rock for ages no Stuart you never know Um, we might go with the impromptu streams from time to time depending on the circumstances and availability of contributors such as uh, Colin Watt um, but we are concentrating a massive, massive amount of time on fully produced content. Colin uh, spoke about the uh, interview that we did with Alan Thompson down in Manchester. So there's a lot more content coming out, as well as the daily streams that we do uh, on a regular basis. And Fat Boy Slim, Big Ange dictates the press now. They think twice when they ask questions. Now, Colin, you have done, I don't know how many, probably over a dozen press conferences for a Celtic State of Mind. Um, have you done Ange yet? Yeah. You've done, Ange. Yeah. What? What? How? Talk us through your emotions. What? What do you do differently going into a press conference with Ange Postecoglou? <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of research, because there's a lot of questions that um, you not. I mean, you watch these press conferences, and it's if it's not Ange, it's whoever it is, and it's always the same. Tough result at the weekend, X. How's it going to go? Bouncing back on Saturday. Yep. Anybody fit for the game? Who's not fit? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. But with Ange, it's um, because he's got such a, a massive footballing brain, you want to pick out wee tidbits from it and you want to kind of dig deeper into the person more than what's happening on the park because mm-hmm. there'll be a reason 
to what's happening on the park from the the man himself. And the, these people, it's like the start of the season, the, the guy comes in and goes, "Yeah, um, so what do you know about Hearts?" And he's like, "Look, I'm I'm not living on Mars, mate, and I, I know who Hearts are. I'm, he, he must have coached a couple of them when they had the Australian players and that made it into his Australian national team. There was just such a naivety from the Scottish press at the time, and." Look, I go back to this and I don't want to give this guy credit but at the start of the season on the fan media press conference someone said that the Scottish press weren't going to be the most welcoming to Ange Postacoglu now that is the bit that I agree with him at he went on to go on a complete wild madman rant after that but that point was proven right this, the Scottish press are uncomfortable with the way that Ange Postacoglu treats them and tend to spend as little time as possible with them. My experience of Ange Postacoglu is if you offer him an insight or you ask a sincere question, he'll give you as much time out of his day to answer back to it. I asked him at the time, it was just before the winter break, and I asked him that basically this was stage one of the rebuild complete. Mm. We'd got some of the players in, what was the focus for his stage two of the rebuild? Did it come down to recruitment? Did it come down to the likes of, we'd just brought in Anton McElhone at the time. Where was his focus on for part two? And he says it's already underway. It was on recruitment. It was about getting uh, people in behind the scenes that he could trust, that he could rely on. He was going to change the whole scouting department. He was going to do X, Y and Z. And his words were, I am going to have a team that is ready for the start of next season before this one's out. And by January, we'd already signed, by the, what, December 28th, 29th, we'd already signed three players. Uh-huh. He's a man of his word and he's an intelligent, intelligent man. The way that the Scottish press treat him is ridiculous. And he comes for a fight with them. If they say something stupid to him, he'll just give them it straight back. And they're not used to that and they don't like it. I think um, it's one of these things with regards to the the way that managers are, are questioned, um, particularly when it's over a dialing, you know, with regards to being in the, the press room. I'm sure it's different. And, it, and it's a wee bit kind of like stereo, I think, the environment. And, you know, we've said so many times on this particular show call and how many people uh, are good within the, the Scottish journalism. And there's no getting away from it, you know. But there are obviously some where it would appear that Ange is quite wary of them. Um, and I think that there's been some unnecessary assessments uh, of them prior to allowing them to get on with, with the job. And then since then, this constant questioning um, of the philosophy. And I, th- I think that when the fans ask them questions, it's often solely from, in fact, I would say it is solely from a Celtic perspective in terms of what's best for the club. And I think that a lot of the people who are not in the Celtic fan media world who are asking them questions are maybe looking for a different narrative. But yeah, that, that, that's journalism. That's journalism, you know. Um, but if they do that without the respect that Andrew's due, that's when I've got an issue. And that, that goes without saying for anything and anybody, uh, as long as they show due respect. I mean, some of the... Um, uh, and some of the, the comments that were made by prominent uh, broadcasters around Ange Postecoglou um, were embarrassing. There was one 
I'm not going to say which radio station it was on, you'll be able to guess, but obviously the, the co-presenter that day was McCoist. And the comments that were getting made mm-hmm. about Ange Postacoglu by a so-called Celtic fan were ridiculous. You know, and I've had people saying, oh, you should apologise to Ange because you wrote him off. And I didn't I didn't ever write, write Ange Postacoglu off. When we lose three out of six league games... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You're quite concerned. <laughs> and you're normally commenting, calling right after the game that you've lost. So, yeah, there was huge concerns at that stage. At no point have I ever said, get rid of them or this isn't working. But some pundits did say that. So I think that, you know, if they go back and, and watch their own shows back, then they might feel a wee bit embarrassed. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. I think what you've got with that particular radio station that you're referring to is they are shock jocks. Mm-hmm. They just come up with headlines and it starts the bait. And to be honest, anybody who is associated with them or anyone who listens into them, maybe have a wee look at your situation and just think, how many times have they actually tried to do proper journalism and actually take a look at who funds them before mm. you maybe give them your time? No, good shout. Now, Les Watts, honestly, when I heard who was taking the job, I told anyone who would listen that everything would turn out fine. The way that we dealt with it was to speak to people who were better informed uh, than we were, who were less ignorant than we were in, in relation to Japanese football, Australian football, and Dan's Postacoglu. So we invited people onto the show, Colin, to educate us on the man, on his philosophy, on his style of play. And that's exactly what they've done. And um, I've got to say, as I'm sitting here right now, eight months um, down the line, and we don't know how the, the season is going to end up, like you say. I'm an optimistic type of guy at the best of times. But I have fully bought in to Ange Postacoglu and what he's doing at Celtic. Um, we're going into this game on Sunday and he's previously said that he doesn't rest players. Mm-hmm. That was one of the questions recently that he just batted right back and it was like, it was it, you're going to rest to, uh, Tom Roger. Roger. Yeah. yeah. And no, 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 you, you don't get a rest. You know, you'll get a rest at the end of the season like everybody else. So with that in mind, I'm going to run through um, the team that I expect to start against Wraith Rovers. Let me know if there's been any injury updates that I've maybe missed because, as I say, this was an impromptu bulletin and we weren't expecting it. But I would start with Joe Hart and goals, Colin. Juranovic back from his illness? No. 
No. No, so he's out. Yeah. So it must be COVID then. Uh, it looks like it. Yeah. Ralston at right back. Yeah. CSC, right, Ralston. Uh, Taylor at left back. Star, uh, listen, I'm just I'm going to go for Starfield and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Okay. I, mentioned, uh, I mentioned on Thursday that if I was going to make any changes unforced, it would be to bring in Liam Scales and play him in his preferred position to see how he how he, how he suited alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, McGregor, I'm sticking with Hatate and Rogic which might be controversial because uh, obviously O'Reilly's not in there. And then I would go Abada, Yakamakis and Jota. That, that's how I would line up, Colin. Is, is there any in there that you would disagree with? I think Christopher Julian will play. I think it's about time that we've, we see where he actually is in terms of his recovery. Um, when you look at the team that actually played Rafe earlier on in the season, um, it was a very strong team considering who was um, available mm. um, so I don't think there'll be wholesale changes he did mention that Edigucci would be available and in the squad so I don't know if that'll be from the bench or starting um, look I think there will be I'll go with four changes because that seems to be what we, we make I think Bain will probably start in goal I think we'll see Ralston at right back, Carter Vickers alongside Julian, and probably Liam Scales will get another start. Um, I think McGregor will get rested. I think Beaton will come in um, alongside O'Reilly, and <laughs> I'd be half tempted to rest Atati as well, although that does take me up to the four changes already. So I'll stick with Atati. Jota Abada and Mieda. Where's Jakimakis, mate? I think he'll get time, but I think Mieda needs a goal. Mm. I know he scored against Motherwell. <clears throat> was it much of a goal? I think it was, he needs it was a... some chip. Was it a chip? I mean, <laughs> that, that was a Calton Cole versus Inverness Cali goal. Yeah. Um, I, I think we do. I think he needs a, a couple of goals and this game against Rafe is uh, maybe the best chance for it. Look, one thing I, I, I did realise before I came on here and uh, I'm actually annoyed that I'm going to the game now because I, I've spent my money but David Goodwillie's still not been released by Rafe Rovers. No. And no. <clears throat> they are going to be getting... If, if Celtic Park's half full on Sunday, which it does look as if it's not too far greater than that, they're going to be getting somewhere in the region of two hundred to three hundred thousand pounds off Celtic for this game, including TV money. Where is that money going? That money's going to pay off his contract that they have stupidly picked up. I only, to me, this only just clicked today. If we'd seen this maybe a couple of weeks ago, I wonder what the crowd would have actually been on Sunday. Well, if you change your mind, get yourself into the studio and join me for the game, Colin. Uh, Kieran, eighteen eighty-eight. I mean, Aussie flag up for a show at three or four a.m. and all. They're dedicated followers of the show, mate. They're going to get up at three or four o'clock to watch, especially how we've never even announced it. So <coughs> I'm sure they'll be okay watching it on the, the catch-up. The DJ of choice has been feeling a little bit under the weather. He's got a cold, hopefully. You yeah. will be feeling better soon um, as Colin coughs and splutters his way through um, valiantly. And there's a question kicking about here from Terence Pat. Let's have a look. Terence Pat, do you think Abada will go to the EPL in the summer? Well, I hope not. I think um, he's a player that would need to look at his own progression. 
And I'm pretty sure there will be English clubs not only looking at Abada, but looking at various other players. You look at the performances over O'Reilly, Hatate, Kyogo. Uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be a few clubs interested in Jota who haven't tied down yet, as far as I know. So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be interest, Terence, uh, or is it Pat? Um, however, I don't think it would be the right time for him to go. No, uh, you know, and I don't think although Colin's going to fill us in on some financial info in a, a wee second, I don't think Celtic would be under any pressure to sell any of the aforementioned players who have come in and doubled, trebled, quadrupled their values, you know, in a short space of time. So there'll be interest, absolutely, but it would be far too early for him and his own progression, Colin, for him to move to Celtic. I think. Yeah, and I think he's still settling in in Glasgow. To be perfectly honest, I've seen. Um, some of the stuff that both him and his girlfriend have posted on social media and I think they're still settling in in Glasgow. He's not going to be somebody that makes that move right away. Um, he's found a home at Celtic Park as uh, J- Juddy comes in. Uh, does Colin Watt ever stop? Guy's been everywhere today. He's just delighted that he got to ask Fran Alonso a question before I did because I usually steal his questions. Um, no, he, he's here for another couple of years at least. Um, I think he's he's found somewhere where he's loved he loves playing for Celtic. You can see that if anybody's got him on TikTok, uh, one of the last videos he posted was him scoring, uh, playing as himself on FIFA, scoring a last-minute winner for Celtic. The, the the man's loving his time at Celtic Park. And with the finances that have just been released in the last sort of hour or so, um, everything's starting to look up very rosy at Celtic. Is it rosy enough for us to have an end-of-season party, you and boys asking? Oh, if only Ewan boy is allowed to come, then that's the only reason we have a party. If no Ewan boy, no party. Maybe we should invite everybody that's given a stick over the last couple of years. That would be a good laugh. Ah, you'd need a massive venue for that, Paul. We've... <laughs> no, <laughs> just for mine. Um, we've got a bar in the studio. We do? We've got a bar in the studio, so after a few drinks, I'm sure it would be very interesting in a state of mind. Um, anyway, you were going to tell us about the finances, Colin. Yeah, so the sixth month interim report up to December 31st, 2021. Um, the report has just been released in the last half hour or so. Um, so the key financial items to take out of that for anyone who's interested, revenue has increased by 29.9% to $52.9 million. That's up about $12.2 million from the year before. Profit from trading was $7 million, as opposed to a loss of $0.3 million from last summer. The profit from player registrations, that's players that we've moved on in uh, the first six months of the year, or sorry, the last six months of the year there, it was £25.8 million, and that's up <clears throat> from £1 million the year before. So that's moves for the likes of um, Odson Edward, Ryan Christie, uh, players like that. Profit before tax for the six months up to January, up to December 31st, 2021 was £27.6 million and that is a turnaround of nearly £33 million because this time last year we'd lost £5.9 million. That is a massive, massive turnaround. We spent in the summer £16.8 million on the acquisition of player registrations and at the end of the period um, of the, the year ending December 31st, 2021, we had £25.6 million in the bank. That's that's massive, Paul. I mean, mm. we're talking about a rebuild here, and it's not just a rebuild, it's a rebuild with a profit. You can see now 
why Andrew's given the transfer funds that he was given in the January transfer window because this is all before that kicks in. Yeah, because you, you can see that it's healthy and, and we can afford to do it. And uh, we, we're going to win the league hopefully this season and then obviously we've got the bounty at the end of that as well, Colin. So absolutely, that's all positive. And um, Juddy has got a question for us. Here we go. Do you think, welcome to the show, Juddy Talks. Hopefully you're well. Do you think Angus may be the man to help us keep some of these players who are wanted elsewhere to try and compete in Europe at a higher level? Interestingly enough, Colin and I did a a show, this was a while ago, quite quite a few years ago actually, um, when we used to record in Sterling Colin, mm-hmm. and we were talking about if Celtic changed their strategy around signings with regards to bringing a player in and moving them on within a period of three years for a massive profit, and we were able to retain um, the core group of players within the nine in a row uh, era, we would have a team that was capable of doing something in Europe. That was basically what we were thrown out there for debate, wasn't it? And you're mm-hmm. looking at a team, you know, that included Fraser Forster, Denier, Van Dijk, Tierney. I think I think you had beat on in it, um, Edward and Dembele, and it goes on and on. What a side we would have had! And um, I think that in order to keep them beyond that couple of years, the three years, what you need is you need someone that they believe in because we're in the world of modern football, Colin, whereby, you know, footballers are, there is, I'm not going to say every single one of them, but there is an element of the mercenary around modern footballers and, you know, Celtic being used as a as a, as a platform um, to, to move on elsewhere. And, and I think that if you believe in the manager and there's a relationship between you and the manager, then that would go some way um, to, to building something a wee bit more special. And it might mean that you're staying at the club 18 months longer than some of these star names have done previously. But what you would get as a result of that is you're keeping a team together that's developing and you're constantly improving. Uh, three years down the line, it would be frightening. If this is what Ange can do in eight months, Colin, and he's allowed to do it and we're in good financial health like you've just explained mm-hmm. what, what would the team look like in three years and I think that if you're selling that to a player like Abada let's use Abada because he was brought up right mm-hmm. 20 years of age and you're saying you could still go to the very top at 23 you don't have to leave at 21 you don't have to leave at 22 you know um, what, do, what do you think uh, Angie's part is in that does it make a difference to the modern footballer I think it does no it does it absolutely does you take a look at when Brendan Rodgers was in charge and I've mentioned this on the show before he wanted to be backed heavily to take Celtic to the next level he knew there was certain positions which to be honest as far as probably this season we've only just replaced them and I'm talking about it right back Celtic were looking to bring in guys like Timothy Castagna they were looking to bring in a guy called Christian Pessini and Christian Pussini flew all the way to Glasgow for a deal which was meant to be about, I think it was £6 million. And at the last minute, basically, the deal, the terms of the deal were all changed and Pussini went elsewhere. So Celtic lost out on that transfer. Brendan Rodgers stayed behind as part of a family trip that he was meant to be going to get the deal done to show that Celtic were actively going to back him because at that point, I think it's been widely known, Paul, that he was meant to make his move to China because the money was there for him. But instead, he was getting the backing from the Celtic board. We just spent £7 million on Christopher Julian. We're spending the money on guys like Godson Edward and 
we still needed that sort of final bit to the the jigsaw, which was the defence and the right back, which we finally sorted. And I've seen some of the comments on Joseph Juranovic. What a fantastic signing he was this summer. Mm. Well, two two point seven million. You forget. I mean, that's not a big transfer fee. No, but what you're saying is, if you keep showing that you're willing to back the manager who is bringing you success, then you are going to get guys that are going to hang around and say, you know what, I can get another year out of this. I can kind of get to the stage where we're getting to the last 16 of Europe. I'm getting Mm -hmm. more exposure. We're getting X, Y, and Z. Um, Sean Maher comes in to say, Neil Lennon signed Julian, not Rogers. No, you're right. But this is at the time when we were starting to look at spending that sort of money. Yeah, we were getting to that stage where it had been before. It was a lot of two million pounds on a, a bio, and we'll risk it and we'll see how far we get. We we're starting to commit to this because we started to see the revenue coming back this way as well. If we continue in this trend, and it looks as if we have done so far in um, Ange Postecoglou, if it comes to the summer, and now I, I fully believe we've already got a team that would do so much better in the Champions League qualifiers right now than what we could have done at any point going forward. Because I don't see anybody leaving in the summer. I think you've started to build a team for the summer already. Uh If you had that team this summer, I think there's every chance we could have made the Champions League group stages. I really do. I think you'd have got past Michelin. I think you'd have got past some of the other teams as well. If we wouldn't have got as far as that, it wouldn't have been far off it, put it that way. Well, we said at the time, um, because there has been a few occasions over the last few years, Colin, whereby we go into these qualifiers and you know that the team you're playing, when they knock you out, if you were to play them in six months' time, you would... And that's the kind of situation we were in at the moment, uh, looking back on uh, Michelin, for example. I'm going to bring this in as well because uh, obviously there's a lot of talk around Kieran Tierney moving on. And if he does move on, it'll be for big, big money. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll certainly put us in a position uh, to sign a, a, a few. But I think there's a, a few other players that are out there with uh, big percentages on their selling fees as well. Uh, Colin, you know, Dembele was one of them. I don't yeah. know what the scenario was or, or what our bargaining power was with Edward Ayer or Christie, but, you know, in the past we have managed to insert these uh, percentages onto the selling. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, we'll, we will be in a position to buy um, Jota. And if you're looking at six to six and a half for Jota and six million for Carter Vickers, um, then I think that we've done enough good business with one and a half million pound for O'Reilly, just over a million for Hart, under two million for Hatati. That you know you can push the boat out for a couple of these guys who, for me, have been absolutely outstanding this season. Colin, this has been an impromptu Celtic state of mind this evening on a Friday night. Uh, possibly the first time I've done that. I'm not too sure. We might do it again. Mm. It's been quite enjoyable. Yeah. Thanks everybody for getting involved. It's not been as busy as normal because we didn't announce this. We just decided to drop it onto the channel. So. Thanks for getting involved. I hope you all have a great weekend. We'll be back from half an hour before kickoff on Sunday. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. We have got some massive content coming up. Big interviews, big features, documentaries, and a little bit more than that as well. And thank you once again to Colin Watt for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.